Hey folks, this is Jacob of the Mind Glue Podcast. Please enjoy today's episode 24 with Patrick Thorne of Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor. All right. Hey Patrick, how's it going today? Not too bad, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well myself. I'm just kind of trying to stay dry in this kind of uncertainty of the weather and God knows what else is going on. Dude, fall rolled in here on like like the day before fall and it was just like beautiful, man. It, it <laughs> hasn't broken 90 all week long. Uh, it's been breezy. I've been actually, you know, working in the yard because it's just comfortable out there. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, finally. Good Lord. I hate this weather in Alabama. I talk about, that's probably like the biggest thing that I talk about. Like when anybody asks me, uh, what's Alabama like, uh, or what, you know, what do I, what do I like about living here? Well, I first mentioned what I hate about it and that's the humidity and the heat. My God. Um, here in Florida, that's why uh, the summers here are brutal. You know, I'm like a vampire. I just Which like I'm like a vampire inside. anyway. I'm a total night owl. So that's right. Yeah, I was gonna say most people, it's like I just want to stay inside. I want to get the AC. I just want to be in darkness, and it's like just feels better. Well, it, and it's mostly when you're in the bad heat. I mean, if it's if it's nice outside, I want to be outside. If it's like during the winter, I love going outside during the winter. I love the cold and everything. Yeah, the cold is there's something uh, very invigorating about that cold weather. You that's know, right. it gets uh, you, gets you right the, to the, the core. The, the heat, the heat just, just it's just like I said, it just makes me mean and angry and turns me into the devil. Well, speaking of mean and angry. Damn all this small talk. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Why don't you talk uh, to us about... The, go ahead, go ahead. You tell us all this about the you parlor. Uh, well, you know, like I said, uh, it's I've been, you know, ever since I turned into a KISS fan at seven years old, it, you know, it pretty much all started right there. You know, me being an artist, you know, having night terrors, all that came together. And then I just saw the KISS logo first. I didn't even see the guys in makeup. I saw the logo and just knew there was something very, very unique and special about that. And then I saw the guys and I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, screw comic books. Who needs a comic book, man? I mean, these <laughs> guys are real and they got a soundtrack, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, they're, I, and, and, and I actually I'm looking at a Kiss comic book that I have over in my corner of my, of my comic book stack. That's like the best one that I have. It's got a uh, it's an original from Marvel and it's got a it's got a poster and it's still in there and I don't know how old this comic is it's probably like oh, 35 40 years old comic book that's the second one from the 70s let me let me look at it right quick I I mean, I'm in at least reaching distance that I can look at it and I'm pretty sure that's the mandarin on the cover if I'm not mistaken let's see Marvel super special and it's it was a dollar 50 at the time oh god see you if know what I, that thing goes for right now it's I mean, a, no, oh yeah, I can't even imagine. In condition, you're looking at a, a good like 125. Uh, first one goes for you know. You're the man to ask about that too. What's that? I said you're you're the man to ask about that. That's why that's why we got you on. Getting you got the merchandise, you got the music, you got the background. So you you know you were growing up with it. You you got to be seven years old. And you know what's funny is I actually was the same way. My brother, my oldest brother, he's 37 now. He's 13 years older than me, and he showed me Kiss for the first time when I was a kid. And it was it was actually the opposite for me. I got to li well, I guess not the opposite, but I got to listen to the music before I saw the logo and before I saw them and I was like, Oh, I love this. This is amazing. So it's like, yeah, there's it's, something it's, about it. You just fall in love with a band like that. Well, I think it's the simplicity of it. I mean, I think Gene Simmons 
and Paul Stanley both looked at themselves is, you know, they wanted to be uh, the Beatles, you know, just on, you know, on friggin' steroids. You know, they wanted to have the look and all that. But, I mean, they and they wanted to crank it up. They wanted to do simple Beatles songs, three and a half minute songs, and just, but they just wanted to turn up the amps and make them heavy, you know, and that's pretty much what Kiss was sonically and musically. It was very simple, but, you know, it had power there. And then when you saw the looks and fire and the stage show and all that that just amplified that yeah it's kind of crazy because if you look at their i've been to a couple of kiss concerts and if you look at like their stage performance versus just listening to their music it's almost like there's a disconnect because i and i do agree it's like they are they are kind of like the beatles of what they do in their genre of like harder rock and roll and it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of odd because if you listen to a song like beth and then you listen to a song like hotter than hell it's like or God of Thunder <laughs> or God of Thunder. You're like, this is the same band they have. They have such range, and it's like, but then you look at their stage performance, and it's it's like, and they've had orchestras and they've had symphonies, and it's like, it's amazing how all of it comes together for them because they built this this whole persona around themselves of being, you know, the demon, the star man, the, you know, the star child. Like it's just a, it's it's amazing like how how they did that, and it's really interesting, and I and I'm totally sold on on what they do. But I will say, like, over the years, and this is obviously, like, this isn't an episode about Kiss or anything, but I think right. it's, it's just an important kind of aspect, you know, with where you started. You know, do you feel, like, with a lot of the bands that you've listened to over the years, it's like once you find out more about them, you're like, oh, shit, the guys are kind of shitty, or, like, I don't really like them, or, the, the, you know, the people huh. themselves kind of suck. Well, uh, I give some advice. Anyone you idolize, don't, don't meet them. <laughs> You, you realize that, you know, their shit stinks just like everyone else, and, and a good bit of them are just assholes, which, you know, deservingly, you know, I, I met the whole KISS guys. I was doing a KISS fanzine when I was about 16 called the KISS Trading Post, and it was basically a uh, focal point on, you know, news and stuff, but the main focal point was the whole collector's things. You know, the buying and selling of the merchandise and stuff like that. And then they, that, that was a phase that was going on. They probably had a bit 50, 60 worldwide fanzines. And it got so big that they started a division just to help out this fan press that, you know, the fans really just kept kept them alive during the uh, the 80s. And it was called Kiss Central. I could, fa- I could fax their office on my letterhead. Any show they were going to be at, oh, I need four tickets. I need, you know, four backstage passes. And I need a photo pass for my photographer. You know, it was right there waiting on me at the front door. God, I couldn't so, even imagine that. Shit, that's that, cool. That was good experience right there because, you know, me being an artist and going to school for graphic design and all that, that really helped me out a lot with editorial design and knowing how to organize things and, you know, lay things out and do paste ups the old school way, you know, before the computers were there. You know, so I got a lot of good experience of doing that, and that was pretty fun. You know, I got to make some extra cash, and, you know, when they started that whole uh, Kiss Central thing, you know, it was great because every tour that came around up until they put the makeup back on, I had comp tickets, you know, backstage passes, the whole shebang. I couldn't even imagine. How old were, how old were you when you were able to just, like, fax over, like, the, their press people and just, and just de- and not necessarily demand, but you're just, like, expecting tickets, like, hey, I need some tickets? Well, uh, they didn't really start doing that till uh, for me, it was a Hot in the Shade tour. And that was one of their biggest, you know, biggest tours and even stage productions, uh, you know, for, for that era, the non-makeup era. It was funny, you know, that we were in Birmingham. It was me and my mom and some friends, and we'd gotten backstage, which was really backstage. It was literally behind the stage. There was no really room like there usually is when you do, like, the going. They call them meet and greets then, 
they just didn't charge you for it then, <laughs> like they do now. <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, we're backstage now, and uh, so I'm I've got some artwork that I'm having Gene and the band signed, and he's there with this road manager, and he's just hanging out with us. It was a very loose vibe. It was really fun. So I'm like, oh, by the way, Gene, uh, this is my mom. We call her Metal Mom. She's like, you know. Five foot two, little Irish woman from Alabama. He's like, "Hi, middle mom, how you doing?" You know, and he's got this big grin, and I'm like, "Oh, great, here, here we go." You know, oh, yeah. uh, and she's like, "You know, you know, you're getting on up there, Mr. Simmons. You know, uh, and so you need to maybe start focusing on some of your other talents." Which I knew what she was talking about. Oh my God, he gets this big grin on his face, and then he goes, "Really, my other talents, huh?" He goes, so what are we going to do with this guy while I'm showing you my talents? And we all just cracked up. And then she turned around and kind of slapped him on the arm and gave him that little Southern Alabama woman finger. And he goes, you know damn well what I'm talking about, mister. (laughs) You're getting too old for this. You know, you're a good actor. That's where you need. That's where the real money is. You know, he had the most embarrassed look like his mom just told him to go to his room. That's the road amazing. manager guy was just cracking up, man. I mean, it's <laughs> like no one ever talks to Gene like this. You know, leave it to, you know, little Alabama woman to little start bell at him. Puts him in his place. <laughs> I love that. That's that's a good one. That is honestly, that's a, that's a really good one. So when, um, and following like, uh, I don't know, man, like when you, when you went to these, like when you went to these concerts and everything, did you think one day, like I'm putting some, I'm, I'm getting these things signed. I'm putting things together for the magazine. I'm doing this for the, you know, fan service of it. Like, do you ever think one day, like, I'm going to open up, like, a merchandise and, and, you know, and store online that's good? Well, I guess at the time you wouldn't have thought online, but you thought, like, I'm going to open up a business and it's going to be, you know, centered around my love of music and my passion to do all of this. You know, it wasn't too far-fetched. You know, I've, I've had tons of ideas in my head. I had other little business ventures, you know, before. You know, I was in the restaurant industry for a while. I had my whole brand with, you know, this Irish Ombre Taco House. I was going to do a food truck with, turned it into something else that just sort of monetarily, logistically, you know, the numbers didn't add up. So I just kind of pushed that to the side and did something with it. But, you know, I always came back to the whole, uh, you know, um, to the whole, uh, you know, rock and roll, you know, collecting records. When records were out of style, I was still buying them. They were hard to get, but they were worth more because there was very low runs of them. Mm. And then now it's, it's like, it's the whole record craze is back out and, you know, and, and after I got into European prog rock, progressive rock, like Opeth, Stephen Wilson, Porcupine Tree, Catatonia, you know. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard of a single one of those. Uh, it's some pretty amazing music. You know, Opeth was like this progressive rock band that were death metal, mm. you know, the guttural vocals. But uh, you just couldn't deny uh, just the, the amazing music that came out of these guys. I mean, people would say, well, I don't really like death metal, but if I'm going to listen to it, it's going to be <laughs> Opeth. You know, because they just, they had freeform jazz, they had, you know, metal, they had fucking old school King Crimson type of style stuff, mm, you know, yeah. they borrowed Porcupine Tree. So I was, I was big into that for a good 10 years. And then uh, out of that same area, Sweden, this band called Ghost came along and I'm like, holy shit, man, this is, this is Kiss volume two, you know, just, just better. You know, the gimmick was better, the I like the look better and the music was a lot better, you know, so that's kind of the 50 year old kid here getting to go back and sort of re-experience, you know, another band like Kiss that, you know, it's kind of in their prime right now. 
It's pretty magical yeah. to find someone like to find a new group like that, and then to, like follow them and everything. And you can actually like it's like a, that the rekindling of this fire kind of comes back around. It's almost like full circle because I've experienced the same sort of thing where it's like. I might discover something that I didn't know before or like a new movie or something. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, they got a trilogy. Oh wait, they got a series. They got a television series. Oh, it's on Netflix. Oh my God. It's like, yeah. you just kind of do a deep dive and all that stuff. So when you find a band, is it like that? Yeah, exactly. But I said this years ago, I remember thought we were just talking about Mick. Uh, you know, he's like, man, there's just, I can't, there's just no new, new music, no really good music out there. And I'm like, Mick, man, I'm like, there's great music out there. Well, with the internet, you just got to search for it a little bit, man. And I, I forgot how exactly I said it, because, man, that's kind of poetic the way you said that, man. And I'm like, yeah, there's great music out there. You just got to find it. And the great thing with YouTube is, if you're, got, if you're listening to something new, you know, with YouTube, you get a whole list of stuff that is within that genre. And the next thing you know, you just, you just go and just, overdosing on this new type of music you're listening to and then you're listening to people with kind of that sort of sound from all over the world and that's when you know like i said that's when i really got into that whole prog rock thing and uh you know i still like a lot of it you know i'm glad that uh that heavy metal and the real rock and roll is coming back because you know the grunge thing, I didn't have a problem with it, but there was definitely something missing there. Do you think, like, uh, nowadays, like, most people, it's like the pendulum kind of swings one way to the other right now. Uh, most people are, I think, if I could if I could take a just a stab or, or just a shot in the dark at what I would say most people listen to nowadays, it's like most people listen to, like, this kind of folksy, artsy music, and then on the other spectrum, it's the, like, harder rap and there's like this middle portion or this kind of other side of the coin or whatever you want to say. There's another group. There's another whatever. It's like it's mostly people listening to just like classic rock. And they don't exactly. Really, and they don't really talk you know. about it or anything. The bands are getting older. You know, maybe some of them don't tour anymore, whatever it is. So you kind of have this When lull. they get broke, they start touring again. That's right, yeah. They need some money. They come back on the road. Yeah, they're like, we ain't, shit, we ain't got to put out an album, man. Let's just tour around. People only want to hear the classics anyway, you know, so. That's a good thing. But you think that there's like, there's going to be a new resurgence of people who are just, you know, completely uh, not blind to like the music that happened before, but at least like inspired by the music that happened before, but have their own sound and then they'll bring it and, you know, in the coming decades, we're going to have all new bands that become classics. I'm, I'm wondering about that. How does how is uh, new music going to become classic rock, or how is new music going to become like the new uh, I know new wave rock? Well, have you ever listened to uh, the sort of uh, old school listening? We I think there's a station here WMMO, which you know played like the not really hard rock, but very soft rock stuff. You know, like when I was 15, 16 years old, it, they were playing like stuff that was from like the early 70s and before that. And I've noticed now how these same stations. Now what they're playing is they're playing Def Leppard, they're playing Great White, they're playing Bon Jovi, they're, mm. you know, even a Kiss tune from here and there, you know, so it's, that is now, that's our classic rock, so that's why they're playing it now. So, oh, sure. uh, I don't know, I think there, I don't think there be as many, because that whole thing, be mediocre, that mediocrity thing is, is really uh, sort of, you, you know, entertainment like rampant now? suffering now. Okay. Because of that thing that, you know, don't, don't be great 10, 15 years ago because, you know, we want to keep the playing field even, you know, everyone gets a trophy. I'm like, well, the backlash of that is, is if no one's excelling at their craft, their creativity, then 
you're not getting anything all that all that great. I mean, Hollywood did it to itself. Look at movies now. Everything's a remake. There's no good scripts out there. There's no good screenplays. There's no good writers out there. Because they were part of that movement that says, you know, we don't want to make this guy over here feel bad, man. So don't be too good. You're just going to make him feel bad. I hope, and I'm glad that you said that. I don't a rant there, but that's what I've always said when it comes to right now we're experiencing 10, 15 years later that sort of mindset that they were putting out there. No, I totally get it. And I'm glad that you say that because honestly, that's kind of what I've been feeling in terms of like, what I want to do is I want to do this, but I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't see this as being like my full-time employment ever. If it, if it was great, but if I'm, or if I'm a radio DJ, great. I'm mostly see myself writing one day for, for movies and television. Cause I want to do original, you know, original screenplays. I want to put out content that, that is new and that's different. You know, in yeah. my, it's like, I don't, I wouldn't want to be the type of person. There's a lot who, of competition right now, man. So now's the time to do that, man. Because like I said, it's three other guys can be like the, you know, the new masters of uh, Hollywood. That's right. There's, I mean, there's going to be people who are going to be in their position because they, uh, they have to, you know, hire people for inclusivity's sake, but there's going to be a resurgence of skilled workers people who are just good at what they do and they're going yeah. they're going oh, to shine man. through however much shit is is shoveled on top of them they're eventually going to bloom through all of that so when when you're coming up through the all through all this when you're you're growing up you're going to the concerts you know at the, by this point and where we kind of are in the timeline yeah you've uh you've reached this point of you can do it you're now actually able to uh, pull the trigger on it you know, what's it, what has it been like the past few months, especially during like this time with the coronavirus and everything, people are going through oh. pandemic and like having to, you know, if they're, if they're skimming for money, that's what they're doing. But at the same time, if they've got, if they're still working, if they've worked the whole time, I've worked this whole time. I'm sure there are millions of other people just like I've been me. out of work. I've been out of work for five, six months. God damn. Uh, that sucks. You know, uh, the, the partner thing uh, pulled me through even in this early stages of it, you know, the stimulus check and I'd be getting some unemployment. But, you know, I sell some artwork, too, because mainly, you know, I'm an artist first and foremost, you know, so I've been lucky with that. And I've been fortunate that I had that time with all this going on to let me sort of get Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor on the right track where it should. Be. I mean, it's not where it should be because I've just started spending money on advertising like six weeks ago oh sure but it's like during those times of crises some of the best things have happened some of, or some of the best things have come out like over the years it's like people well, yeah, hit absolutely. the bottom and then they come back up it's like sometimes you got to do that sometimes you got to hit your rock rock bottom before you can you know rise up to the heavens so you well, got this that, opportunity that's where to do creativity that. comes from uh creativity comes out of like you know uh suffering some- desperation, suffering, feeling helpless, you know, uh, God, I mean, you know, the, the best artwork I've ever done is, you know, right after a breakup, you know, uh, just being depressed and, you know, feeling like, you know, the world's against me. That's when that. I'm going to do some of my best creative stuff right there. And, you know, that's, that's where it comes from. It, it comes from the dark side of us a little bit, but it also comes through that, that strife, you know, and, and we need that too many people don't really realize that, uh, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to have those bad times, you know, to make the, Good times seem better, but at the same time, something emerges out of that uh, darkness, so to speak, without sounding too cheesy there. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you know, it, it speaks volumes when people use kind of rhetoric of no pain, no gain, and, you know, without struggle, you know, what what's creation? And I and I, I feel also that some of the best things that I've made, some of the best things that I've written have come from times where I felt lower than, lower than low. So it's, it's Because that's all you have right there. That was your outlet. 
And that's people say that that anything creative is gets good therapy. That's exactly what that is because it's you got to get it out there somehow in a positive way. Beat the shit out of somebody and burn down a building. But that's I mean, right. how productive is that? But if you can turn that fuel around and you know make it work for you, I'm gonna have to send this uh, this episode to my art professor. He's gonna he's gonna love hearing about different different variations of struggle and 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 people coming through it with the uh, using art as an outlet. I mean, because that's what it is. I mean, you yeah, you, know, you see I mean, some of the best works in, in history. Uh, you know, music's the same way. Hell, cooking's the same way. You know, that's my second love is cooking. And uh, you know, I've said before, which is really re- weird, because sometimes when I just don't feel that inspiration to do artwork i mean hell i could be i could be sick as hell on my deathbed man and i can still i can pry myself out of bed to get in there and go in that kitchen and to, to you know get creative with food and it's a it's an amazing feeling you know cooking some really good food i love cooking too i you know i've been getting recently i've actually been getting into a lot of diy projects uh with my girlfriend we've been we've been putting some things together for for our garden and everything we have we have 26 plants now and right now, curing in my in my shed is a uh, is a concrete planter that we made. So right after this, I'm going to go out and make sure that that's okay because it's been about 24 hours letting it dry. So I get to nice. check out my new planter and do some sanding work today. I mean, like you know, like you were saying earlier, or before we started recording, you were saying like you know today's been kind of uh, you know, a mixed bag. You didn't doing a lot of stuff, but like. I, today is the same way for me. I woke up. The first thing I did was go to Tuscaloosa and I worked on my, some of my brother's plumbing that he needed to do that he needed to get done. And, uh, it was great. I put, you know, just, just working, working on plumbing randomly in my middle of the week, gave me a little bit of money. It's good to go. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, 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 it's good get, to get have outside and getting some physical work, you know, uh, until I, until I owned a house, which was like, about four years ago, I didn't do a lot of outdoor things. Oh, sure. And now it's like, you know, hey, hell, I call my dad, you know, in Montgomery. And uh, we talk more now. We have much more to talk about now, now that I have a home that I work outside in the yard and doing some landscaping and building some things and, you know, doing some upgrades and stuff like that. Man, it's kind of weird, you know, because I'm like, all right, I can have a conversation with my dad now instead of talking about the weather and, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah no I can, I I understand that it's kind of hard to like get to a certain point of conversation with certain people in your life like I I just got that was always a very difficult conversation sometimes oh of course just... you know it's like how what am I supposed to say you know I might like our personalities might just be so different what do I say to it? but like That's exactly what it was me and my dad we've always been just so different you know that there's always been some there's always been some little uh, what's the word I'm looking for a little clash. Oh us. sure, now, it's class. Now that disconnect. Now that we're older, we've learned to let the bullshit go to the wayside and realize that you know time's just too precious to you know walk around pissed off at someone, especially you know your family. I so agree. You, I you agree. go with it. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to let go of things, but it's or it's or, well, it's really it's easy when it comes down to it. You may just feel that it's hard, but once you do it, you realize it's easy. But like, but when you're younger, you hang on to that because you feel like that's part of your identity. You know, I did that. And then as I got older, I just realized I'm like, you know, being pissed off is not me. I mean, maybe sometimes the way I get pissed off is me, but being pissed off generally is just, you know, it just doesn't do me any good. Yeah, it's like anger shouldn't be your personality trait. But I feel that. It's hard to to not be angry sometimes, especially when things are going on. But, you know, you kind of pull through it. So let's come back around. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) I know I do the same thing where I kind of go off on a track for a little while, but it's no problem. It makes, honestly, it just makes it more natural more than anything. So we go into school and move into Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta uh, to, I transferred from Savannah College of Art and Design to Atlanta College of Art and Design. 
in like what 91 and uh that was something really big right there because atlanta was a really big uh, rock and roll town it was a big there was a lot of bands you know me being 21 stepping into a big city like that spending all of my uh, 20s you know in in downtown atlanta in midtown atlanta i couldn't ask for anything better especially me being from little old montgomery i mean it was sex drugs and rock and roll and and all we did is party go to concerts and try to get laid as much as we could <laughs> and, and and met a lot of bands too i mean god talk about some stories yeah who'd you meet who all did you, you met me and me and some friends uh within the kiss squad there was this guy uh phil elliott who was doing these kiss conventions and i would i designed the logo and did t-shirts and he would give me uh you know some cash and and some space to do this, those conventions because i was doing kiss artwork and you know, selling that. We went to see Ace Freedy one night at the Cotton Club, probably about uh, three quarters of the way through the show. Freaking Dimebag Daryl gets up on stage, plays three or four songs with him. Well, Pantera was playing Lakewood the following night, and they were staying mm. right across the street at the, I think it was the, the Wyndham the Wyndham Hotel. We'll come back around to Pantera in a few minutes. We're backstage, and I am just drunken and pissed. And Ace <laughs> Freely is, is, he's like on the wagon, you know, he's like clean, you know, mm-hmm. and... I just got him just rolling. I mean, he's just hysterically laughing. If you ever heard his laugh, it's, it resonates. I, I love Ace's laugh. My God. Yeah. All the interviews well, with him and Gene looking at him like pissed off because yeah, Ace is just. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You're talking about the, 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 uh, the what the Damara show. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's classic interview right there. That was funny as hell. But yeah, that was Ace. I mean, he was just, he was just laughing and he goes, oh my God, man. He goes, dude, he looked at, he goes, am I like this guy when I'm drunk? And they're like, no, pour me a drink right now. And everybody's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. So uh, we get out of there, though, and uh, we're crammed in this car because this guy, I think his name was Trace, he had his little brother in there, and he wanted, he's like 15 years old. He wanted to be Ace, so we got him backstage. All of a sudden, the kid goes, look, there's Pantera on the side of the road. And it's the whole band over there, you know, trying to hold down a cab to uh, get to the Cheetah 3, the strip club. So the guy's like, pulls over. <laughs> hey, you guys, come on, get on in. We'll give you a ride. And they're like, oh, we, we can't all fit in there. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. It's a boat, man. We can fit everyone in there. Next thing you know, the entire band is like crammed in that car. This little kid is just shitting himself, man, because he's like, no one's ever going to believe this. You know, it's, it's got the flash bulbs are going off, man, because he's taking pictures left and right. Arms and legs are hanging out the window. Somebody's beating on the roof of the car. Let me out of here. You know, we're skidding on down the road. And I mean, it's, it was like something out of a movie. It was pretty, it was pretty damn funny. <laughs> God. I can't, and like, what, what, how would that happen there. nowadays? Like, hey, you guys come on in. And you know, we're like, nah, we got the 15 year old man. And he's like, all right, man, thanks for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine anything like that happening nowadays like i'm just trying to i'm trying to like hear i'm trying to like hear in my head somebody telling me like you know what what artist would it even be what who would you even get in a car with who, who would be cool enough to like get you know just randomly get and who's well, going to a strip well, club a in 2020 nother, that's a whole nother discussion right there and, and we might add a, you want to edit that or you know give that an x rating right there but <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah i was just talking about this see that's how you met bands a long time ago yeah it was you didn't pay five, six hundred dollars to get in a line and be herded like cattle back there and, you know, get a picture next, get a picture next. I was about to say, you know, like, what would you days, even do? You either had to get backstage passes or you went to a hotel and that they were staying at and, and, and waited till they got there, get autographs. And if you're lucky enough, you know, you might can sit down at the bar and drink with a couple of the band members. Uh, 
Eric Carr from Kiss. Yes, I I was I painted my face as Eric Carr the second Kiss concert that I went to. Well, he he was he was like he was the guy that was so down to earth. He he really didn't act like a rock star. You know, you could go and and hey, you know, give me twenty minutes, man. Uh, I'll meet you guys at the bar, man. I got first round, you know. And we'd all sit down and just shoot the shit with the guy, and you know, uh, it's just like you know, it wasn't like you were sitting there talking with a rock star. God, that's cool. What and the cool. rest of Gene and Paul, would, I mean, you would never see them doing that. No, Gene no. Do it a little bit, you know. You see him in a bar, not drinking. All he's doing is just, you know, looking at all the tits and ass he could look at. That's right. Gene would go home with any woman. He just loved all women. It didn't matter. They could be butt ugly or they could be drop dead gorgeous. Didn't matter. Paul yeah. Stanley, uh, he, he had a little more class with his women. You know, uh, he, he only wanted to be with beautiful people. <laughs> God, these guys, it's like they say, I don't know. I, I look at them. And it's like I'm even just like, you know, passing, passing my eyes over like the, the comic book and everything. And it's like all I think of is like. There, there are these people that have this kind of thing happen to them, and they sit on an they sit high up in their ivory tower, you know, judgment down on the on the on the beings below. But then you have guys like Ace and guys like Eric, and like yeah. they're the complete opposite. And like you see that in interviews, and you see that in the way that they in the way that they interact with like the fan base and everything. It's it's such a it's such a detriment to think that there are people out there who just because of a little bit of fame. All of a sudden, they're like well, they're gods. Like I said, uh, we can we can we can get away from the kiss thing just because that's kind of dominated this. But I oh, will have no to problem. go and say and give them, you know, they're they're what really inspired me. Uh, even though I I don't necessarily like Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley now, just because everything that comes out of their mouth sounds very rehearsed, and it's like they're, you know, they're always selling something. But uh, you know, there was there was something there. There was this message within that says, you know, whatever you want to be, man, uh, you just got to do it, man. Believe in yourself, man. Sounds a little cheesy, but you know, it was there. Even at seven or eight years old, there was something underlying there that I understood that then. It works. I you mean, know, you know, people want to follow things, their dreams. One of the things that's really influenced me. One of our little sort of things that we do at the Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor is is the goodies. We got tons of promotional stuff that we just throw in there. Uh, and, and what I wanted to do some promotional stuff just because, you know, I'm a designer. I like designing those. But I, I wanted to make someone feel when they opened up that box that they ordered from the parlor, you know, and they open it up, man. They got all these little extras in there, you know, uh, you know, bumper stickers, coasters, these little cool little, little, little pins and things like that. Almost like when they, they opened up the Kiss album on the day they got it. And you always wondered, you know, what's going to be in there. Are there going to be posters? Are there going to be, you know, love guns or, or <laughs> tattoos or stickers or whatever? That's one of the big sort of things that uh, concepts that we want to do. We want to make people sort of have that same feeling. You know, every time they order something, you know, it's going to be something different. That's, I want to make this more than just, you know, just a record shop, you know, where you can buy some, you know, t-shirts and puzzles and you know memorabilia i love the extras the extras make it what it is that's like it's yeah. anytime i order something online if they if i get like thrown in something with the box it's like i love that shit i love getting the extras the no, the it's promotional stuff but at the same time you know it's really cool stuff i mean so i've gotten i've heard back from a lot of people it's like whoa man it's like if i could give you six stars you know, when I was doing the eBay, I would do that, man, because I never expected all these little goodies, man. And I'm like, well, there you go. You know, you're you're a member of the parlor now. You're a party <laughs> star. <laughs> I like it. I like I like what you've made. I like what you've built. I like the you know the story behind it. It's like you know, I would want to get merchandise from a guy that's been doing it his whole. Is pretty much been doing it his whole life. This is what he's made yeah. of. This is what he's done. 
Like it's it's the legitimacy of of it all, and you've got you've just got it. Whatever it is, you've got what it is for Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor. So tell the folks how they can reach out and uh, what they can do to order some stuff online from you. Well, I mean, the obvious place is you know www.papasrockandrollparlor.com. That'll take you straight to it. Uh, you know, like I said, total free shipping. Within the United States, that's not a one-time thing. We will always do that. You know, uh, outside of the United States, we'll try to take it easy on them just to cover our shipping. But check us out on Facebook too. Facebook, Papa Rocks. You know, we've got all sorts of stuff there. We post little videos and stuff. Uh, a little up and coming. You know, this is what's going to be in stock next week. These are the new releases. Uh, we do giveaways. You know, three or four months ago. I, we probably gave away I don't know probably twenty five items just you know so people can just get familiar with this hell yeah product so oh, hey. giveaways always work you know no no one ever gets upset about getting free no one stuff. strays away from getting free stuff that's right everybody loves free stuff so that, that's that's a good thing go go over to papa's yep. rock and roll parlor and you might get some free stuff too and i and, I, and we, we we have some exclusives uh you know we've got we've got some really great art prints that i've done some other people done you only get those at the parlor, we're doing Spooky Empire, which is here in Orlando. Uh, I think in in April that got postponed. Uh, we're going to uh, debut our first set of official Papa Rocker Gold Parlor T-shirts. Oh shit! I gotta get me one of those. Hell yeah! So work, work, work. So I can. I, and, and if I were, you know, me, someone who's listening to this, we're gonna get on. We're just gonna reach out to you on the website. We can reach out to you on Facebook, and we can and we can just shoot you a message and see yeah. what, see what you got. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram as well. Uh, Instagram and Facebook are our two main places for the social media. But yeah, I mean, you can contact us directly at the site. Well, Patrick, I, I thank you so much. Honestly, this has been awesome. I'm, it's really great to hear about like people nowadays, like actually still having this, you know, this passion for rock and roll. I love rock and roll, man. I've, I've been into rock and roll. I mean, it's, I'm a 50 year old kid, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I sit at home and you know i buy this cool really cool stuff and unfortunately i i, I had to sell it you know but i've gotten accustomed to that and you know there's things that i pick and choose i'm like all right you know some things go in my permanent collection of the you know the part <laughs> you know but it's uh it's fun you know I, I i can be a responsible adult and still sort of feel like a 50 year old kid <laughs> absolutely i mean i keep the good stuff for myself too i got like you know, I got po movie posters that I would never give away. Stuff that I even I'm, I'm I know decades from now I am not gonna give up. This is just my it's you know it's just stuff that holds me to to me. It's just my my near and dear. That's what it makes there's, me. That there's something about collecting things. You know, anything that you have a passion about. I'm not sure what it is. It's graphic designers, artists. They got the artist books. I have those too. But you know, for me, it's when it comes to collecting, it's definitely. It's definitely the visual. Uh, I like to say we like to focus on the visual uh, artists of the past half century. You know, Alice Cooper, Kiss, Ozzy. You know that whole thing. And, and then, like I said, now we got ghosts who's carrying the torch for all that. They're like the, I guess, the second generation of uh, the glam, the the gimmicks. The, oh sure. If you can get if you if there's people coming out nowadays that have a real gimmick that they can get behind and something that they you know their brand is, is new and original. I love that. I'll listen to anything like that. I'll watch anything well, like that. Some people want to say, oh, it's just commercialism. They're just packaging and all that. Well, who gives a shit? If it's fun, if something is fun and exciting, I, I can overlook a lot of that stuff right there. I'll, I'll buy it. Take take my money. I'll buy it. If it's, if it's, oh, entertaining, God, man, if yeah. it's entertaining, I'll do it. Well, you yes. know, Patrick, I'm going to have to get a T-shirt from you coming up soon. Probably go out like yeah. uh, 
Yeah, in a few months, uh, we're going to get those printed up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll cut you a deal. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, hey, folks, this has been the Mind Glue Podcast. Uh, my name is Jacob, and I am always your gracious host. And this has been Patrick from the Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor. You need to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Check out their website to get any cool, sort of cool merchandise and music and anything else that you can find that they're giving out. And it's, it's, I promise you it's going to be some cool shit, I promise. And also, if you're going to check out any more of our content for the Mind Glue Podcast, you can check out on the Facebook files of our Facebook page. You can also go to Instagram, check out little tidbits, little bite-sized munchies for your ears that you can catch out there. And uh, But thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. But thank you again. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you.